Then podcast. Stay tuned in, you don't want to miss it. Conversation that's so authentic. Come join right now. Let's go, let's get it. The way it in podcast, based in the UK, and we got it popping. Talking about issues and so many topics. Never hold back, we gotta be honest. Uh, talking out many scenarios and breaking down actions and the consequences. I admit it's getting intense with Wade hosting. You don't really want to miss it. The way it in podcast, the way it in podcast. Let's go. Should we get the show on the road, boys? Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for episode three of the Wailing Podcast. There we go. There we go. That's on here. Take two. Start. Right, let's restart. Here we go. wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. To all the believers and non-believers. <laughs> Welcome to the Great Conversion. If you're listening to this, congratulations, you are now Muslim. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode three. Obviously, we're going to chat more shit like this coming up in this episode. Uh, on the phone today, due to technical issues... <laughs> Pink, we've, we've got uh we've got in the top left corner Abbas. Abbas gone. And to the bottom. To the bottom. Is it a blank is it a blank space that you've got there with a picture of the waiting podcast? Hey. <laughs> no? I mean you got a picture of the waiting podcast. It's you. Oh it's me. I'm pointing oh. around, ain't you? It's me. Well, no, you're playing us somewhere else, you're not playing at me. <laughs> we, went, we did a drill at the start with this, like... Cass is practicing, Cass is acting like we've not spent the last three hours practicing this routine. Oh no, come on, man, come on. No, for all the listeners, I do actually have a life, so I haven't spent the last three hours practicing this routine. <laughs> Those that have a life never have to say or tell people that they have a life. We just put that out there. Really, boys... Firstly, let's start. Eid Mubarak. How was it? How was the weekend? How was the last week? Tell us about it. Abbas. Oh, good. I mean, Eid was, um, I, I think for us, still a relative, relatively quiet affair. Just because um, we've been really cautious because our sister-in-law has been pregnant. Um, or was pregnant at the time. Um, oh, yeah? So, yeah. Congratulations, boys. I didn't know. Yes, yes. Well, that's great news, man. Great news. Our youngest brother has, yeah, had a child. Um, his wife's had a child anyway. So, um, yeah, um, that was two days ago. But coming back to Eid, fairly quiet one. Had a few uh, a few family members around, but um, obviously because of the weather, um, we've been able to have most people outside because it was just a glorious sunny day, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no good and then aside from that the week's been fairly uneventful apart from like all of us have just been waiting for our new arrival and alhamdulillah you arrived two days ago so yeah um, are they here in Sheffield? yeah yeah oh yeah um, of course they're already here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. My bad. yeah, yeah. that's yeah, great so, stuff yeah, yeah. just not not home yet so inshallah i'll be home tomorrow so uh yeah looking forward to that your niece will start to feel it in a few months time you know when it's like oh hang on a minute why aren't they rushing around me anymore? <laughs> I think the thing is, because she's the eldest, um, the first, like, niece or nephew, she'll always be, she'll always have, like, a special 
place in everyone's heart. I mean, don't of... put that on camera, my good. <laughs> when, when, when they're watching this show back in years to come, when we're on the BBC and shit. <laughs> when we're on the BBC. And this is what the kind of stuff that they're going to come out with. They're going to be like, I mean, yeah, see, you're the special one. And they're going to say to the new one, not... you ain't. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They, Yeah, maybe they will. Um, but do you feel like that as the middle child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's why I know that these things happen, Mosh. That's why I know that. So then, why are you continuing the tradition? <laughs> it's not that, right? It's no. It's it's just the natural thing that happens. Like you grow attached to the the first, right? Um, if anything, it kind of puts it into a bit more, like, it gives us a bit more context because now we kind of understand it, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, very Sorry? You were working, weren't you? How was that? Did you get any abuse, yeah. any stick from the missus? So I kind of, yeah, um, my first Eid as a newly married man, um, I'd already booked to be... I read, Cass. We didn't know that. <laughs> no, no. I have to mention at least 30 times, otherwise I'll get in trouble. <laughs> um, for anybody that might be trying to follow me and stuff. No, uh, in all seriousness, like, I, I kind of messed up. I, uh, I booked a big sales meeting for three days, which literally fell from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Oh, whatever day it could have been on... Even with the ambiguity that comes with that, I was going to miss it. So the missus went back down to her parents on the Monday, and I pretty much missed Eid. Uh, came back to Thursday, late on Thursday. So I managed to have some leftovers Thursday night for dinner. Uh, but it just didn't feel just didn't feel like Eid. But again, it's probably because of what Abba said we were waiting on the arrival of our nephew. Um, so everyone was just like, you know, trying to be as careful as possible and it's just chilled out about it as possible um yeah so but like you said not really eventful from a personal perspective from uh from work perspective obviously it was quite eventful but i can't really divulge into that <laughs> but that was quite interesting yeah no that's decent i mean for me it was obviously uh you know the family were around and all the rest of it so we had the usual the munching that then in that evening we went and played football obviously you weren't there we were throwing the old hig skin around, playing a bit of the American football. Abbas was making a few fumbles. Can I just say for the record that whoever edited that video knows nothing about American football, one. <laughs> and, and secondly, can I also say that that video was heavily edited because there were a few fumbles for from yourself, me old I don't know. I mean, you know, that's, that's the production team, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's what Wakas or uh, Abbas or Wakas throwing the ball, and then let's say it was Abbas who was throwing the ball, and it was meant to be Wakas who was receiving the ball, and then it just, camera just cut away onto the grass, <laughs> next thing you know. There's a time we catch your weight. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's what you call an interception. <laughs> He was meant to, the quarterback was throwing it. I was nowhere near it. It was just a really wayward pass, apparently. What, what, what do you call the uh, the defender who stops the wing back from getting it? The wide receiver, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the wide receiver. Quarterback. 
Aaron Wambasaka. Coming <laughs> <laughs> back, Roberto Carlos. You could tell I know absolutely sweet FA about American football. But it was nice to just put a little skit together. Yeah, how was football? Apparently you guys got thrapped at that as well. Actually, we made a pretty decent comeback, to be honest with you. We were getting... I'll tell you one thing, for me personally, I, I, I never can anticipate the six-a-side, the, the, the difference it makes compared yeah. to a five-a-side. Yeah, 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 it's like, huge. Do you know what I mean? The, the amount of running... And then fucking whichever side I went on, that dorks went on that side. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy can run all night long. Do you know what I mean? He's just picking himself left, right, and centre. And after we played a bit of the American football at the start, I was heaving. <laughs> I was knackered, but yeah, it's a massive difference, man. Massive difference. We should stick to five aside or play like seven or eight aside on the six aside field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that is no fun, man. But it's no fun, then it gets too crowded. But you weren't there to bang the goals in, Bucca. And that's why we lost. Probably. Not going to deny it. Indeedy we are. Indeedy. Right, right what's on the docket today? What are we talking I about? Want to start, I want to start with something here. So, over the, over the last week, there was an incident in Palestine. And I don't want to go into the nuances of the of the crisis that's going on in Palestine right now. We're going to discuss that over many episodes, I'm sure, no doubt. But the, specifically, there was a letter that was written by a woman about her child. And when it was published, Facebook decided to ban it. Facebook decided to ban it. I think it was a, like a 60-day outright ban for this letter. Uh, and after public pressure, they reactivated her account after five days. And I'm going to read it out to you. And I just want you to take it from the perspective of an absolute snowflake. And just tell me, is what can you find any kind of offence in this letter? Whatever it is, so, so that we so, can then discuss it. Yeah, so our goal is to find something that would cause offence in yeah. what she's... Something okay. that would then, you could... Because uh, as Muslims, we, we might be inclined to side with her automatically. So I just want you to take it from that perspective okay. uh, as to why Facebook could have banned her. So she writes, and this has been translated. Uh, so it says, I'm in so much pain, my child, only because I miss you. I'm in so much pain, my child, only because I miss you. From the depths of my agony, I reached out and embraced the sky of our homeland through the window of my prison cell in Damon Prison, Haifa. Worry not, my child, I stand tall and steadfast despite the shackles and the jailer. I'm a mother in sorrow from yearning to see you one last time. This doesn't happen except in Palestine. All I wanted was to bid my daughter a final farewell with a kiss on her forehead and to tell her I love her as much as I love Palestine. My daughter, forgive me for not attending the celebration of your life that I was not beside you during this heartbreaking and final moment. My heart has reached the heights of the sky, yearning to see you, to caress and plant a kiss on your forehead through the small window of my prison cell. Suha, my precious, they have stripped me from bidding you a final goodbye kiss, so I bid you farewell with a flower. Your absence is searingly painful, excruciatingly painful, but I remain steadfast and strong like the mountains of beloved Palestine. That's what she wrote. That resulted in a, a ban on Facebook. What? Is she in prison? So she was 
she yes, so effectively she was locked up. Her daughter was then you know killed through whatever strikes or whatever was going on. And I believe that she requested to be able to go and attend her funeral, and it was declined. And so she wrote this letter, uh, and then the letter was then published on Facebook, uh, which then led to her being uh, being banned. So I want to know firstly, is there anything that you could find? I mean, trying to look at it independently, I couldn't really think of anything. Um, I mean, the repeated references to Palestine, I don't know if it was... I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's loving your country, it's just nationalism, right? So, can't see how that would be offensive. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's no kind of... <laughs> there's no blatant, you know... Israel shouldn't exist, kind of yeah. in there. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I mean, did Facebook give it? Well, let let Cass um, yeah. speak this, but then uh, can you? I don't know if you know about the reasons why they said they said it violated their terms and conditions, but didn't say anything beyond that. No, just about you know the um, uh, what do you call it? There was something a bit more, but they just mentioned a policy like a. A harassment, you know, anti-harassment, that kind of shit, anti-hate speech, that kind of policy. They mentioned that kind of thing, but they didn't say anything specifically about what it was that triggered it. Uh, Mooks, any thoughts on it? Um, that's the first time I've heard this story. That's the first time I've listened to that letter. Um, and yeah, whilst the the exercise that you asked us to do was to see if you can find something offensive in it, it's actually quite disheartening hearing that especially with some of the content that you put in yeah. so that's just something that would be perfectly normal especially in the west for somebody to want to to address or write to you know a, a family member whether living or, or dead to be honest with you um there's on facebook right like it's so common to see people write these things all the time family you know about loss of family members or whatever it is like everyone kind of is i mean in you know i won't get started on this topic this is probably one for another time but like some people tend to overshare on social media hey that's a massively yeah so uh, and and you see it in you know with quite trivial things whereas this is probably something that you know you'd probably want wider support from your connections on Facebook for. Um, so, so for me, in my opinion, it, taken in isolation in the frame that you framed it, where there's definitely nothing offensive or nothing that could be termed as violating its terms and conditions or privacy policy or whatever it might be. But, you know, even though I'm not familiar with the story and that's the first time I've heard it, the three of us between us will know definitely that that would have been politically motivated rather than anything else. So I don't know who this lady is. I don't know what she's accused of. I don't know whether or not she's quite a prominent person. She isn't a prominent person, whatever. This blatantly a shutdown of her freedom of speech, if she has freedom of speech, and it's blatantly something to shut down a narrative of whoever has perpetuated the, the death of uh, So we use the term censorship oh, totally. in this instance. Totally. But the thing is, right, like we can go down that rabbit hole 
any different time on the podcast and you know we, we we regularly go down that rabbit hole but we know that that happens and it's not just in you know israel palestine that happens in that part of the world it happens in china it happens do you know what i mean it happens censorship does happen we are extremely fortunate we forget that that we live in a society where censorship doesn't happen as blatantly as that censorship does happen or you are influenced based on marketing and newspapers or whatever uh, but at the same time you can pretty much say what you want to say as long as it's you know not massively but the censorship in this case isn't to do with the fact that the palestine or being in china she was censored by america an american corporation well giving the devil's advocate view here background context of Israel Palestine is very very toxic and yeah. very very um, emotive and you know it, it brings out the worst in people um, and you know using the word Palestine whilst not in itself you know something that can cause offense but using Palestine while it's also referring to their jailer and you know all of that kind of painting that picture in that way, you can see how that would bring out, you know, the, the worst of people on the anti-Israeli side or the on the Palestinian side in terms of, you know, solidarity with Palestinians can, there's a fine line between solidarity with, solidarity with Palestine and anti-Semitism. Um, and, and you can see... There's quite a big line. There's quite a big line. Okay, there's quite a big line, but what is the, the reason why I said it's a, a fine line, in, and you're right to correct me, but the reason why I use that phrase is it's easy to cross that line. Okay. So whilst it might be a big line, and whilst it is quite easy to differentiate, the cross between the two is also very kind of, it can get quite murky um, and it can be quite e easily done. So I can, you know, I can kind of see why they would do that. Again, I, obviously, I don't agree with it, um, and obviously, I agree that with both of you that it's censorship. Um, yeah, I mean, in any context, that censorship. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous that they take that down. I mean, just something that comes straight back, you know, into my mind. Something that from my own personal use of Facebook. Yeah. When I was on Facebook. I remember about 10 years ago, do you remember the boy who washed up on Greece, the toddler, Alan uh, Kurdi, do you remember him? I, I um, don't, but I recall those kind of stories. I, that image is like etched on my mind and people shared it all over Facebook, it was shared all over social media. This is, a, bear in mind, this is a refugee child from Syria who washed up on a beach in Greece and arguably that, and that somehow survives these harassment and these kind of terms and conditions and these whatever rules that they want to, you know, cite when it suits them. But then, yeah. in this context, you know, that letter, which, I mean, it's a really beautiful letter from a mother about her daughter, falls foul of it. I don't know. I just think it's absolutely crazy. I, I don't mind there being a single policy that's applied worldwide, uh, regardless of the situation and who it is. 
Yeah. But when you can spread fake news so easily, when you can spread hate speech so easily, especially about our people, especially about people of color, black people, Muslims, etc., etc. Yeah. And Facebook does absolutely jack shit other than to utilize their algorithms to spread it further uh, and, and, you know, to, to, for it to be shared and liked and, you know, whatever else that comes from it on a more often basis. But those that are suffering the most can't get their voice heard. Yeah. That yeah, I but, just think is a piss well, to point, point, yeah, it's an American company, but you know they're going to have officers worldwide that are going to be using it and are going to be regulating it. So... Yeah, it might be uh, an American company that's done whatever it's done. It'll, it'll be the local region that'll be monitoring and policing what's been said. So, well, I, I mean, well, we don't even know the background, right? Because at the end of the day, they might have received complaints from people who were, who did feel offended by it, um, and that's what brought it onto their radar. Mm. I think we're making assumption that. You know, Facebook have just detected this post and took, decided to take it down. Obviously, I don't know whether or not that was the case, but maybe they did receive complaints. Maybe that is what alerted them to it. And then, as a result, they did take it down from that pressure. And then, obviously, there was pressure in the other direction, which caused them to reactivate the account. We just don't know, do we? So, uh, there's, so that, that's going to lead me then on to the next part. So the, the next thing that I want to move on to is... Coinciding again with Palestine, Ben and Jerry's decide now they're no longer going to sell their ice cream in the occupied territories. Firstly, how do you feel about that? And secondly, does it go far enough? And let's start with how you feel about the, the initial part of the news. I'll let you go, Cass. Um, I think it's a statement. Uh, ben and Jerry's have historically had a very good record, though of not just being pro-Palestinian, but being just pro-anti-suppression, uh, uh, you know, pro-rights and, and everything. Like, Ben & Jerry's have, have got a fantastic record of who they are as, a, as an organisation. So, to be honest with you, it was, it, was, it was something that I wasn't massively surprised by because of the organisation. But then when you take that context out of it and you think about it, you go, wow, that's, that's huge. That's actually huge because this is a global brand. It's not somebody saying, oh, yeah, boycott these mid-dual dates because they're in settler territories or, you know, boycott HP or Intel because of they have factories and whatever. Because you can't do that. You can't with the dates. You can't with the computers. But this is huge to say that they are no longer going to be, um, what is it? They're not going to be no longer going to be selling in those territories, right? So basically they have a licensee which produces their ice cream in Israel the licensee would not agree to distributing the ice cream to within the occupied states. Uh, so as a consequence, once their license expires, I think next year, they said, yeah. they would no longer renew that license. And, that, and, and I think it's things like that that are actually going to cause a shake-up. So unfortunately, we know the way the world works. It's always about follow the money and money talks. Right. And until you hurt something financially or hurt an organization in its pocket, no one's going to do anything. And it's just going to always continue to be the same yeah. way every single time. Well, famously, I, there's the BDS movement, right, which boycotts certain uh, brands that, uh, that, that are still uh, selling within the occupied states and all that kind of stuff. 
which is illegal apparently in about, I think when I looked into it, I think 35 states in America. Yeah, and Netanyahu, or one of the, uh, the senior MPs, came out about Ben and Jerry's and said that they would look to America to take action against Ben and Jerry's. No, but this is it, right? So, like, at the end of the day, this, uh, Abbas alluded to it earlier, it's so deeply rooted, and I don't like to use the word tribal, but it is. You are in one camp or the other. The, the nuance in the situation has been lost. It's started to come up with a newer generation. I feel like it's starting to come up with social media. I think it's allowing people to do it. But unfortunately, if you are so heavily in one camp or the other, that's it. You can't acknowledge any positivity at the other side, whether you're pro-Israel or pro-Palestine. You cannot acknowledge anything. You know, uh, what I find is when the last clashes happened, for me it was really refreshing to see Jewish people in traditional Jewish outfits uh, and attire actually um, protesting and having signs and stuff like that. But that won't make it as far around social media. It's starting to, but it won't make it as far around social media as somebody, you know, burning the flag or something, unfortunately, right? Yeah. So. So I, th I think this is something that needs to happen. I think Ben and Jerry's have absolutely smashed it. You know, um, I was a Mars and a Snickers ice cream guy. I will be buying Ben and Jerry's tubs from now on just to support. At the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to buy the Ben and Jerry's Nike Dunks because they're like £2,000 now in resale. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't like it that much. But like, you know, next time I go to Tesco's or an alternative supermarket, depending on whichever sponsor we get, um, it'll always be Ben and Jerry's for me because I just think I think that is a statement piece, and the reaction that's going to happen now in the states or around the world will highlight certain people's personal positions, which is good because then don't just hide behind your politics. Do something about it. Have a conversation. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. So Abbas, my question to you is: They are still, still trading with a government with the people and ultimately um, it may only be a small percentage that they're pulling out of but they're still creating a lot of wealth that is then being utilized to some degree whether that be a small or a large part to continuously keep expanding inside the illegal territories are they doing enough mm. i mean it's it's a really tricky one because i agree with kasim that it was a really bold move and I think the messaging around that in terms of, I think, obviously, it, it targets the illegal settlements specifically. So, you know, it is, it is a really bold move and, you know, it should be one to be praised rather than, you know, look at the negative. But I think when we are, whilst we are looking at the negative, you're right. Um, you know, if you're going to be making a, a political statement out of the way that in which you trade with Israel because I mean realistically how difficult is it going to be to buy Ben and Jerry's in the you know in in what is proper is yeah. Israel proper go to Tel Aviv yeah to, yeah exactly and then take it across to the illegal settlements it's not going to be that difficult yeah agreed. it's just cheap PR isn't it yeah uh, so yeah what was it I mean, it isn't because they do take a hit, and, and they are taking. They are going to take a hit domestic yeah. in the U.S. They'll take a hit in a lot of places, so it's not cheap at all. You see, you see the backlash online, don't you? Yeah. Like I, I was 
you know, I, I saw the reaction and it was mainly a very negative reaction. So, for example, on the Instagram post that Ben and Jerry's put announcing, you know, that they were doing this, the comments were just Israel flags, like just scroll down the Israel flag, Israel flag, anti, you're anti-Semitic, this is wrong, X, Y, and Z. And that's why I said that it, this is a really toxic topic, but I think it, it would be more of a, it would be a bolder move and more of a divisive move to, with, you know, cease trading with Israel completely or in Israel completely. Um, and the reason why I say that is because at the moment they have the fallback argument of we don't want to be, we don't want anything to do with the illegal settlements because as we, you know, as far as international law is concerned, they are illegal. Correct. So, so they've got that fallback position. If they take, if they go even further and boycott Israel altogether, that is a clearer signal that, you know, they, they're in solidarity with Palestine. But from a, from a PR perspective, that's an even bigger move in terms of, it's harder for them, I think, to justify. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it's a really fine line to be drawn. Brands do it all the time. Companies pull out from territories <clears throat> where they're in breach of humanitarian law or they're not fulfilling their obligations to admit certain rights to particular people, especially in the Middle East. You're right, but it's, it, I, I think the, the difficulty with Israel is, I, I, and obviously I don't know whether or not any companies have, my, my assumption is that not many mainstream brands have. No. Um, so it's, it's just a case of who's going to go first. And, and I think all of them are scared to go first because if one, of them, if one of them goes first and takes an absolute battering financially, then, you know, the dominoes won't fall after it, will they? But, you know, with other things, you know, I think China took a, a, a big hit because of the Uyghur thing. Um, you know, with the with the uh, concentration camps that they've got there, um, I think a few brands um, stopped. Was it sourcing materials from that particular state or whatever? Yeah, that's or, right. Yeah, having, you know, having their factories based out there, and then you, as soon as one or two start doing it, then you saw you know the rest followed. Um, but with with Israel, because it is so toxic and so divisive, it's. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really difficult one, and it's a really, you know, some people argue that there isn't any humanitarian kind of, you know, breaches in Israel. I mean, you're always going to get muppets, aren't you? What can you do about that? But what I'm saying is that it's not as straightforward or as black and white as other situations potentially are. Um, I mean, it's pretty black and white. Let's not, let's not try it, it and is, paint a rainbow over it. Yeah, no, 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 it is. There's one well, side which has been absolutely smashed day in, day out. Yeah. And one side that's not. And and the, the comparisons that people make, it, it, it's, you know, to, uh, what, what's the word that they use? Apartheid. Yeah. You know, the, these are coming from scholars, from people who have been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize and things like that. You know, this isn't just our opinion, humble opinion. So I don't it, think it's, it's murky, or a, I think it's a very clear line. No, it is, it is murky, because the reason why it's murky is, look, that's, that's your opinion. 
the reason the reason why it's murky is because there's so many people who will, as Abba said, say there isn't anything. And you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's that doesn't make it murky. That just means you've got fools on one side, right? It's no. like when people spread fake news. Some people spread fake news and say Donald Trump, oh no, you know, he's not this and that, blah, blah, blah. When all the facts, all the science, all the everything tells you it's one way, just because somebody says it's not, surely that doesn't then become murky. It does because of the sheer volume of people that are on the opposing side. That's why it becomes murky. There's not one man stood there saying, no, this isn't happening. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people that believe in it. And you can't just dismiss their opinion. You can't just dismiss their view. You've got to try and educate and bring people together, right? From both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I mean, yeah, if you're looking to try and resolve the uh, the, the crisis. So what I want to get back to in there with the Ben and Jerry's thing is, so as soon as I heard the news... Sorry, say Why aren't you eating any right now? I was expecting you to have a... Oh, actually, that's a good question because I'm just about to come to that now, right? So... When I heard the news, I'm like, Abbas, next stream, we're going to get Ben and Jerry's on the stream and we're going to be like, here you go, free advertisement to all our five listeners, right? <laughs> we're unofficially sponsored by Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. But when I thought about it, when I actually went away and I thought about it, and I thought, hey, wait a minute, you're still pumping in millions. You're still pumping in millions into a regime which is not honouring people's basic rights. They've got no standard of living. It's not even that they they have a basic or even just short of a basic. They've got no standard of a living. And this corporation is still continuously funding that, whether it be directly or indirectly. And I don't think for me they've gone far enough. I don't think well, they've got enough for me that I need to now sit here and be like, wait, Ben and Jerry's, you've done a good thing. No, Ben well, and Jerry's, get out of there. Why is it Ben and Jerry's job? Why is it Ben and Jerry's job? Yeah, if the internet, this is a political thing where the international community needs to intervene, right? So Ben and Jerry's have actually made a point, and Abbas mentioned it earlier, by targeting the illegal settlement, they've got that fallback and they're saying, hang on a minute, now you're taking, now, you, now you're breaking international law and we're not going to have that. Like we're going to, as a company and as an organization, we're not going to support that or try to facilitate that because the international uh, um, body has determined that to be illegal. Israel and Tel Aviv and all of these places aren't illegal. No, but so these that, corporations that, are built upon their own principles, right? They keep exactly. having these charters and all, oh, we believe in this and this is what we stand for and all that kind of shit. So fucking stand by that. I'll give you another example, right? Today, I think it was, the baby, however you say his name, fucking made a comment about Nas X, Lil Nas X, some kind of uh, homophobic comment, and Boohoo went away and dropped him. Straight away, boom, gone, you're finished. You disrespected the LGBT community. We don't want to associate with it, that kind of shit. Ben and Jerry's could simply just say the same thing. Look, for as long as, for as long as you're committing humanitarian violations, we don't want to be a part of it. As soon as you stop that, boom, we're straight in there. Free scoops for everyone. No, the whole, the whole, the whole, the baby thing, right? First, he, was, he wasn't going to apologize. As soon as he lost one endorsement, Apologies straight away. And I bet you Israel did the same. I bet you they did the same. <laughs> I bet you as soon as the corporations start pulling out, they'll be apologising at all. They'll be like 1967 borders here. I'm 1945 borders. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. And that's the problem. Because it has international backing, it's not going to happen. 
North Korea, North Korea, Cuba, when they had sanctions, that's when like Coca-Cola didn't go. That's when McDonald's didn't go because they had international sanctions. But they don't stand for that. That's what I'm saying. Coca-Cola are not a brand that are renowned for preaching that we stand for these rights and oh look at us, we're LGBTQ positive and all that kind of stuff. Just be human positive. They've never been based around that. And that's what I'm saying about Ben and Jerry's. They have this charter. They have all these type of principles that they they actually openly promote and advertise that they that they stand upon. So where does it go when it comes to people's basic rights? Coca-Cola just there for the profit, right? Mackie D's are just there for the profit. We know that. So they'll continue doing whatever they're going to do. We don't care. Just do what you got to do. Check our Instagram live, see if there's any comments, see if Ben and Jerry's are actually viewing it and directly <laughs> because I don't think the three of us over Skype are going to be able to solve it. Yeah, yes, guys, you heard that right. We are doing this podcast over Skype. It is 2004 all over again. Are we still live on Instagram? I don't know if we are. I believe so because I'm so sad. Took some pictures. Just, just, just check it just to see if there's any comments. I'm sure sad. So I see, well, I can't see the comments because it's not my account. I can see comments if they're live. Well, I can't see anything. I can't even see that we're live. Serge, Wax just joined. I can't see the three people that are viewing. <laughs> How come I can't even see that we're live? <laughs> I, I mean, I can see we're live, but I don't know what the fuck is going on. I know, the camera work is very, very bad on this. I can't, I can't see it, so I've got no idea what to even look like. It looks like mush. It looks like you're wearing a mosque hat. <laughs> <laughs> right. the corner, like my, my right shoulder. Listen, move a bit closer to the centre of the screen. <laughs> there you go. And there's a massive lag on mine. <laughs> Huge lag. Huge lag. All right, all right. So moving into the into the next topic, which is again it's related, uh, and it's going to go into something else. But I just want to just want to start with something. There's been a couple of athletes that have pulled out from particular events at the Olympics in order to boycott, uh, so that they don't have to either. Uh, I think one of them was a judo fighter, so he didn't have to fight against an Israeli. There was another guy. I, I think it was a different event. He didn't want to compete against an Israeli, so he was boycotting, citing that the, whilst he might have spent all of his life fighting to be at the Olympics, the fight for a free Palestine is greater than what he's been through. Uh, and collectively, that's what we should be working towards. Was what, was he, did they do the right he, thing? Was he a gold medal hopeful? I don't know, I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really shit anyway, so I'm out. <laughs> He was, he had no chance of winning a medal and he decided to make a political statement. No, but, but, but did they do the right thing? Um, you literally just said that if you believe in these beliefs and they're your principles, then you should, you should, you should go further. And if that's their beliefs and that's what they believe in and want to fight for, then yeah, of course. Um, I agree with Kaz. Because don't you think, though, the, the thing is with the corporations, the corporations tantamount to millions, if not billions of dollars, right? Collectively, it's going to make a difference. 
them pulling out against a particular event it's not going to get any bbc coverage right so this is literally yeah, whatever's going to be shared that's, on, that's, on social that's, media that's, so it's a flashpoint in time of coverage that they might get which is then going to be ignored if not forgotten almost as instantly as it came about but this is this is exactly why i said you know where they high profile so if it was like i'm trying to think of a high profile athlete now um if it was like grant thomas in the race i don't know who that is if it was Usain Bolt, they don't want to run the 100 meters because... Yeah, he got to the final and some Israeli sprinter was in there in the final against him and he decided to pull out because he didn't want to race against him. That's a bigger deal, isn't it? That's amazing. Yeah, whereas if it's, you know... <laughs> Joe, like, be, I bet you'll be somebody from Dagestan, so one of, one of like, Khabib's lot. <laughs> it was Judokas Mohammed Abdul Rasul of Sudan and Algeria's Fethi Nureen both dropped out of bouts against Bukbul in the under-73 kg class at the Tokyo Olympics. Oh, Bukbul. <laughs> Must have been quite an intimidating person, dude. I didn't even know it wasn't because of that. I didn't know that he wasn't there, like, just stood there, all shredded and ripped and thick edge. You know what, I don't fancy if he's to that. Well, they thought, they read his name and they thought, Bukbul, what's he going to do to me? <laughs> <laughs> I better get out of there. Wait, wait. It's like that right off. Uh, yeah, so the obviously the what I've seen in the media they're playing it as though it goes against the spirit of the sport. Right? At the end of the day the athletes they're competing in a sport regardless of where you're from, should that matter? You're there to, to compete. But it's happened before, though, much. Like, a couple, I'm sure I've seen it in the last two, maybe three Olympics, that people have boycotted certain events because of it. You know, whole nations boycott specific Olympic Games because of it. Uh, not, not the Israel-Palestine situation, just yeah, in like general. Moscow, yeah. Yeah, like Moscow, exactly. So, so it's not something that, I've, you know, I'm surprised by. It's something that... Unfortunately, that's literally. I'm I'm learning a lot on this podcast about the, about what's happened this week. That's what we do. If you turn up to our rehearsal calls, you know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Don't buy any pizza for the re- rehearsal. Then I don't really want to be involved, right? Well, I mean, we could. We, we, we only have. You're not going to have limousine for us all, so we could do it over Skype. We only have chicken and broccoli at our rehearsals, don't we, Mosh? Here we go. That's why I skip it. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So what I, the point that I was going to make is that the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, whatever they're called, um, they, they've tried very hard to keep the Olympics apolitical so, so that it has nothing to do with politics. Um, I think that's why that comment about it being against the spirit of the Games has come up. Because, I mean, just... If you remember the stand, it was in it was in sixty six or seventy. The, the black athletes who did the black power salute, they I think they got reprimanded by the AOC um, whilst you know receiving their receiving their medals. Um, that's like an iconic kind of civil rights moment. Um, and there wasn't there some debate about players, footballers. Wasn't that in Nazi Germany? 
No, that was Jesse Jackson in Nazi Germany one. That was in the 30... 36 Olympics. 36, but he wasn't... Um, he didn't do the Black Power salute there. He, he just won the game. He won the 100 metres against the... With the sprinter from Germany was called the White Lion or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I know about the 70 summer. It was two black guys just... and one Canadian. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. I remember the. It's an iconic photo. I do remember what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and and they got reprimanded. And I think there was some debate about whether or not they were going to allow the footballers to take the knee at the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Because again, that's a political statement, isn't it? Um, and I think they fell on the side of they were going to let them take it. I don't know if that was because of pressure. Well, I, saw, I saw a game. I saw a game the other day. They they do take the knee before. Yeah. Um, Muck was one of those who booze before. Yeah, I know. Look <laughs> like, oh no, I got reputation. Anyone, anyone who listened to I definitely do not boo. And anyone, anyone who listened to season one of the Wade in podcast knows that Wade is against taking the knee, but that is not a topic for today's conversation. But just for clarity, now that you mentioned it, I don't boo the knee, but what I say is that more needs to be done. But we'll continue. We'll bring that up in episode four. Yeah, so um, keeping the main political, I think, is something that they're very, very kind of precious about. Um, so, I mean, I I don't know. I, you, you're there to compete, aren't you? I don't know if I would do the same. Um, and like I said, just to wrap this topic up, I, I think it would have been a, big, a bigger deal if, you know, the, the favourite for the 100 metres decided not to do the 100 metres or the favourite for you know, one of the more kind of prestigious events decided not to do it. I disagree with you on that point. Why? I think, wouldn't it have made a better statement if he'd gone out and won gold and then utilised that platform to say, now look, what these people are doing is wrong and more needs to be done. The committee needs to take a stand notice. Well, there, there are two ways of looking at it, right? Because the first one is, it's almost like... It's a, it's a stand with the BDS movement, isn't it? You're effectively not engaging in that competition because you're saying that Israel is allowed to compete or Israeli athletes are allowed to compete and this is almost condoning um, you know, the actions of the Israeli government. That's, I think, the logic behind it. Um, and I think the, the one that you're... The, the, the kind of perspective that you're saying would have been a better one I agree with because, yeah, you'd be saying that the individual has more of a platform to actually get their voice heard. Um, because like you said, because they're trying to remain apolitical, there are other countries that are in violation of, of humanitarian rights, right? Obviously, Israel's not the only one. That's, we're not just going to just, just mention that. Yeah, yeah. We know that there are other nations that then also go away and they compete at the Olympics. But what yeah. I just think is, if you've got a message to say, be the best in your sport. Like if if uh, if somebody from the tennis world, like a Serena Williams or Roger Federer, came out and said something, do you know what I mean? As opposed to just saying, right, I'm not coming. That, that's ten year old intel, that much. But yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember anybody recent these days. Can I? <laughs> I don't watch it anymore. Actually, you know, I, I was thinking of somebody was asking me about players from the Chelsea football team, and I'm like. Zola? Gianfranco Zola, there's Dennis Wise, <laughs> and Nicholas Adelka, like, you know, who else is there? 
Those three didn't play in the same team, but we'll no, carry on. And then uh, uh, Balak. <laughs> no idea who else is in there today. Hey? And John Terry. And John Terry, yeah. Another racist. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Oh, I've, actually, found I've actually met JT. He's actually really sound. Really, really yeah. nice guy. Wow. So you, your team, Terry, is at a team Ferdinand. <laughs> Even even after even oh, after I've seen Terry to Team Bridge. I'm definitely Team Ferdinand. <laughs> you're John Terry till you die. Come on, for life. Team Ferdinand. Right, I just want to. So one last thing, one last thing. Uh, not nothing to do with Palestine now, but still Olympics related. So last week we were discussing about the hijab. Okay, and I've had some feedback that's been coming in and out over the last week. And a couple of the main things that keep coming out is, you know, that hijab is a sign, if not is, but they say it's a sign of oppression. Now, just to, just to note that all the people that have said that are white, right? Not a single person of the culture who know of the culture, who are involved in the culture, has come out with anything like this. They've all come back and said it's at least a sign of oppression, right? And, I, and I, my, my, my response is simple, that we're not saying that it's right or wrong to wear it, only that everybody should have the right to wear what they want. Now, going back to the Olympics, there was a team, the volleyball team, I think it was the Norway women's volleyball team. They yeah, didn't want to wear the bikini bottoms. They wanted to wear the shorts instead. Right, and I think they were reprimanded by the whichever body it is that they weren't allowed to do it. And there were waves of support for these women. Like, oh my God, look at these fucked up men telling these women that what they need to wear and blah. You know what I mean? They should be allowed to cover up if they want to cover up and all that kind of shit. And I'm like, you fuckers, where were you when we were saying this exact same thing about our women? They probably were saying that same thing. They just weren't, you know... Clicking on our podcast, unfortunately. No, but this, this debate's been going on for a while, right? No, We've been saying the, the, this, but when I say we, I mean our people. No, but think about it, right? Think about, think about it, right? You just said, like, uh, they got fined for it. So there is consistency. They got fined £1,500, I think, per person right. for wearing those shorts. Yeah, it, it gained a bit of media coverage. Pink has offered to pay all their fines, but yeah. they're like, no, I'm going to raise it. Came to that 40 grand or whatever it was, right? Yeah, and that highlights the inconsistencies of their of their rules more than anything. But I I I would actually challenge you and say there probably are a lot of people out there that will defend a woman's rights to wear the hijab on the same principle of what we've just said. It's just not getting the coverage. Okay, so why and how do we get to them? Um, that is a different question. That is something that we, as we alluded to last week, as three men can't do. It would be up to women to vocalise that and get that forward, right? That's specifically about the hijab, but I'm specifically referring to here about we're not here to talk about what anybody should wear or not wear. Strictly that people have the right to wear what they want. Yeah. And all we're trying to do is to amplify, if possible, I know we're a very small platform ourselves, but if we can amplify any voices that also fight for that same right, which you're saying they are in existence, but yeah. just extremely yeah. silent. 
hundred percent there. I don't think they're silent. I think I just don't think it gathers the social media momentum. So, like, I don't, I don't want to make this comparison. Um, Please do. No, I don't want to make this comparison. But whenever like some sort of atrocity happens in the West, hashtags, everyone posts about it. Uh, you know, like the thing that happened in Paris a few years ago, everyone was posting French flags and all of this stuff. But then something similar happens in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever, doesn't get anywhere near the same kind of coverage. Yeah, absolutely true. Hopefully that happens, but there are still the thousands of people, because <laughs> non-coloured people, non-Asian people, but coloured uh, you know, black people, Chinese people, white people are actually showing that solidarity spot once the awareness has been raised. Unfortunately, it's just it's just one of those where it doesn't it doesn't make any headway, and I still haven't figured out why it doesn't make any headway. I'm going to make one controversial comment. Feel free to agree, disagree, or stay silent as as you need to. If the women that was wearing the hijab were fighting for that the the cause, and they happen to be white. I suspect they would have gathered far more momentum and it would have just been more widely accepted if that was the done thing over here as opposed to it coming over from the East. People don't want to accept our culture because it's, it seems to be synonymous with the culture. Do you know where people keep making reference that they're bringing their culture, they're bringing their Sharia law, <laughs> whatever other shit that we're meant to be bringing. You're, you're, you're painting everybody with the same BNP EDL paintbrush, you know, Muslimic <laughs> makeup. Don't be broadcasting that. You need to yeah, don't, that I'm out. from somewhere in the UK, people. <laughs> 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 I know, you got beep. <laughs> You're gonna give them me address next time. <laughs> no, but like, like you know, we're we're all intelligent enough to know that in the circles that we are in, there is a lot more people that think, not more non-Asian people that think the way that we think, or at least understand the way that we think. No, but for like, thinking, I, I, I forget thinking. I'm all about fighting for. That's what I'm making reference to. Yeah, but every time you go down to the pro-Palestine march that's happening in, in, in Sheffield city centre or, or town centre. Do you think it's just full of Asian people? No, but I'll tell you another thing. When, when people were started to give abuse to the black players, a lot of people came out in support. Of the if abuse? that number of volume came, no, of, for, the, uh, for the players, yeah. if that number of people, or even half that number of people came out for the Muslim women that were, are suffering, and it's not just the hijab. I mean, we keep making reference to the hijab, but it's not just that. It's in France there was the the what was it called the burkini. I thought you were going to grab a prop then. Quickly change this one. I so drew one to keep sipping water here. No, you're right. But the big thing here is the big thing here. Would my friends, would your white friends come out and support vocally and publicly for our rights to wear whatever the fact we want? Just like we would for them. Yes. So where are they? Because <laughs> I'm not there protesting myself. That's the difference. My point here is, the big thing here is, there is no mobilization. There is no movement. There is nobody actually trying to activate these people to do something. What are we supposed to be protesting about at the moment? <laughs> Our rights to wear... <laughs> But whatever it is, right? Unfortunately, I find 
the mobilization doesn't happen for my guys. So I know that I can go to my friends and say, do you know what? I feel really passionately about this. I need you to come out on Saturday. They'll definitely be there. He doesn't need to do that. Right now, no, I want you to comment on our YouTube. <laughs> Watch the full video, obviously, and put a comment in support of our rights. Bush, there was a call out in the last episode where somebody who claims to listen to the podcast got called out. <laughs> Shots were fired, pop, pop, bang, bang, and there has been no response as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you've not got to the second episode, right? Big, play football with to be like, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to comment that I support the Burkini. Yeah, I want him to put it out. All right, then, Dave. Get on it. Dave, let's do it. I ain't going to create a YouTube account. <laughs> Dave, only do it if you're not racist, right? Only do it if you're not racist. <laughs> now, you, now you test it. Dave's being put to the test here. That is, you put to the test, indeed. Absolutely, indeed. Actually, I'm sure we had a, a bit more light-hearted one. Yeah, I've got, I've got one more thing, then I'm going to come to you guys for your, for your topics. This is one last one from me. Mine, mine aren't light-hearted, but we might not... We might have to write them it's off. All right, it's all right, don't worry, Bill. Perfect segue with Dave. I've got a perfect segue with Dave. Right? Um, so, you know, Dave, not, the rapper, UK rapper. It's not Santan that you... Play football with, is it? No, he's not white either. So, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking racist. <laughs> After all that, <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm no, only... we're talking about my white guy, white friend Dave. Right? Voice, no, it's not, it's not him who plays football with. No, that's not what I mean. But he's this today, so he's released his new album, and obviously, one of the big tracks of his album is the one with Stormzy about Jordan Force or Jordan Ones. Check out my Instagram, I've got a reel on it. But anyways. He was in He was in the middle of London today giving out Jordan Force to literally loads of people, like hundreds of people. Right. That's the kind of activism that we need to do. So we need to give out free hijabs or free burkinis in the middle of town and see whether or not people will support. What? <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> Talk about peddling a stereotype here. <laughs> Muslim men handing out burkas to women. Don't be like, that is the sign of oppression. <laughs> Get it on. For free. We're giving them out for free. Your pressure is like charged at 4 dollars for one. <laughs> you got to start. You know, it, 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 we are a, a social enterprise as well, we all come with. You have to make sure that uh, Fiyaz takes the card machine with him. We'll accept contactless. <laughs> Yeah, so, sorry, boys. So one, one last thing for me then is there was a so just just winding back to something we said earlier. The the black England players were were racially abused during the World Cup when they missed those penalties. The World Cup. Are you catching flies there, the old cobbler? The World Cup, what? Yeah, I, I mean the European Cup. I don't know how many times <laughs> I'm going to make the same bloody mistake. Anyway, they were they were referred to by their supporters as kings. Right, they're in the within the black community. They're also referred to their women as queens. Right, having been you know degraded and subjected to the, some of the most atrocious types of violence and all kinds of shit over the years, they've managed to find a way to lift their own community. Why doesn't our community have something even remotely similar to lift our own people? 
Abbas, I'll, I'll use Abbas as an example. I was at um, I was at a barber's once. I think it was a barber's a few years ago. Um, I just got to chatting to the guy next to me who was in front of the queue, and um, he was a barrister, QC barrister uh, in London. He came yeah. up for the weekend to visit his family. He lived around the corner from. I've never seen him before in my life. Told him that I've got siblings that are doing law, etc. Blah 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 blah. And he goes, look, if they ever need me, here's my number. I've still got your number saved in my phone. He said, if they ever need me, here's my number. They can always. Get Did you ever share it? Thanks for giving it me. Talk <laughs> about it. Talk about it. He didn't have the bottle back then to use it. <laughs> he didn't have the bottle back then. But that's my point. Once you reach some sort of education, once you start to understand, I'm going to make. We need to do something to build our community up. As you said, that's when it'll happen. Who's our queen bee? Not for real. <laughs> Why are you hating on for real? I'm not hating. I'm just saying, not for real. What do you like about it? I don't actually know. I don't know anything about it. Do you like her? I actually genuinely don't know anything about her. But from what you know, you obviously know something. You've seen her on, you know, you follow her on Instagram. She's really supportive. I don't follow her on Instagram, but there is, at the end of the day, she's entitled to do what she wants to do and represent her her husband, right? So, it's all good. So is she a good reflection of our community? Would you... No, I don't know. I don't know her well enough. You've seen a public image. This is actually part of the problem. Because the thing is, we were so judgmental. Exactly. Like, for people, for there to be a queen bee in our community, she would have to be whiter than white. And I don't mean skin tone. I mean cleaner than clean, like... Uh, do everything by the, you know, by the book, and I mean the holy book, um, and you know, like it's a charity, uh, married a doctor, but is also a lawyer herself, and then has four kids that she raises by herself, and doesn't miss a beat, and you know, she's from the village, but she still lives with her in-laws, and do you know, do you know I mean? literally, you'd have to be perfect for that, which is a shame. Who would you say that? Who would you say right now? is that you would say is a top Asian woman. Can I say my wife? No. Nope. <laughs> 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 Fucking what? <laughs> um, that's not because she was just stood in the doorway or anything at all. She's, um, not, is she she's not even there. <laughs> she's not even here. He's probably not even going to listen to this, <laughs> so he's not even going to get any brownie points. Yeah. Let me think. Give me some. In, give me some options. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Even with your wokeness Bar- about Baroness, how she doesn't need Baroness to be tied to all the rest of you, still haven't got one. Baroness, we, don't, we don't have a culture of that though. Who would you say is the king? Uh, you just said Imran Khan. <laughs> No, but who would you say is the king? And don't say Sajid Javid, because I know you rate him. Negative <laughs> Absolute negative. I'm Jeremy Corbyn until I die. Jeremy Corbyn's the king. Sajid Javid and Preacher. For our community, for our community, Jeremy Corbyn's the king. <laughs> no, but if, if, if I'll, t- I'll tell you a few. I'll tell you a few. So, from the, from the Asian community, if we're talking celebrity-wise, uh, all Gus Khan. I think he's done pretty damn good. Yeah, he's he's done good for the community. He's been a good representative. You know, he's had his bad boy thing, image and all the rest of it, and it's kind of worked absolutely fine. 
And if we're just talking South Asian community, full stop, even other uh, comedians like Paul Chowdhury, he's pretty decent. Oh, what's it Pretty decent. I mean, whether you find him funny or not, but the fact is, is he's still a reflective, isn't he? He's still somebody that you could put there and he's known by... by... <laughs> is that basket told off? <laughs> Hey? Oh, you told off. Can we, should we not make any Paul Chowdhury jokes? I'm not, getting, I'm not getting told off. Me old wackass is over here. The tattoo pop poppy's facing. He's trying to get the police for the football game that he's committed to. I think the last Asian woman, and she's not even Asian. That's 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 why I'm bringing up this this conversation. I think with Jemima Khan. Wow. Can you tell point. me anybody since What about Nadia? Eh? Hey? Oh yeah, Bake Off Nadia, yeah, fair enough, that's a good point. <coughs> I don't think she got the same level of status, iconic status, but I agree with you. There's a, there's a, there's a few uh, Muslim female Asian MPs. Not the uh, Wasi. Not Wasi, she, I don't even think she's a bloody MP. Wait. She's Baroness Wasi, yeah, she's conservative. Baroness machine, that's a law. I know she's House of Lords, but I'm sure she originally was an MP. Yeah, she was, but like there's there's um there's a few that you should actually know about because they're in Corbyn's little wing. Paul Pogba? No, we're asking for women. Give me a woman. Asian Pogba. Hey? Yeah, so the, the, those Labour Party MPs is who I would probably point to, even though I can't name them. <laughs> you have to Google it. <laughs> but that's this shows you the, the level of problems that we've got that we cannot come up with a single Asian woman of our Ash Ashsaka. Who? She's the woman of Navarra Media Mush. Let me Google it. Ash Saka. She's she's she'll be one of your favourites, Mush. <laughs> Look at the traces pulling. Wow. <laughs> She's a Marxist, me old China. She's a Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon once people have listened to this podcast, they'll see some pro- very obvious ones that they'll come back to us with. But, you know, um, we can always go back to Benazir, can't we? Oi, oi. That's, that's the original Queen Bee. There you go. Except she didn't have the Queen Bee politics. That's the problem with her. <laughs> Yeah, right, cool. Right, one boys. Something light-hearted, Abbas. Something light-hearted, me, Bush. Yes, please. I'm not very good at light-hearted stuff. Cass, you go for it. Well, um, quick one just for you, Wade, and anybody who just listened. Does this Varane signing to Man United make us title contenders? Not only are we title contenders, we're winning the league, the FA Cup. The Coca-Cola Cup, <laughs> the Champions League, and if we don't win Champions League, then of course the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we're winning something this year. I think we'll win something this year. I think, I think, I think, you know, I think it's going to change our team massively. I know a lot of scousers have really like upset. One, my best mate messaged me the other day. And he goes, "How is it that when we've had..." much better seasons than you over the last couple of years. We're absolutely battering you. And then you've pulled out these two signings, this transfer window. Because it's not fair, basically. Absolutely not fair. There was a statistic that I saw that Oli spent 
400 million compared to something like City's 250 over the same time period or something. Please. Hey? Can you not use the statistics, please? And also, <laughs> didn't United get smashed 4-1 against QPR? So, <laughs> we're playing Brentford right now, to be honest with you. We should be live-streaming that instead. All these needs to be out. It's one all at the moment, chaps. It's good. one all. Fucking hell. <laughs> Elanga for Man United. Anyway, before we go, because I feel like we're winding down, ah. um... I sent a link out to you earlier on today, Mush. I don't think I sent it to you, Abbas. I don't know how old this advert is, but have you seen the advert of uh, Asda doing, getting all these kids to promote their George oh, back yeah, to school, yeah. but they're actually rapping to drill music? Yeah, yeah, carry on, carry on. It's a drill music. Have you seen that, Abbas? Yeah, you have. Oh, yeah. it's brilliant. From a marketing perspective, obviously it goes against what Wade was trying to plan out last week because he doesn't want the whole night science for Space Jam and he think there's too much marketing in there, whatever. But from, from a marketing perspective, I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. it's brilliant. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But also, what hope has the nation got if that's how the kids are all going to start talking? <laughs> They're already talking like that. In fact... I- <laughs> No, I'm sure somebody somebody made a joke or something. Somebody was saying some shit. I can't remember what it was. And my response was, "Lol." Brilliant, brilliant. And you know, like kids these days, they use this other kind of shit. I feel like I'm that generation now. I don't know whether to say like, you know, what was it? Someone said, "Oh, it's peak, it's peak." Or like, peak's gone now. Oh, I don't even know where we're like that. Peak was about five years ago, and peak never made any sense to me. So people would use peak, and I was like, yo, that's peak. And I was like, but that makes no sense. I go, what does it mean to go, oh, you know, like, is it, it's low, it's crap, it's rubbish. I go, you don't know the peak is something like the top of something, right? Like, what are you on about? But obviously, uh, it's, it's the kids that make the lingo, not us. Well, we'll I, st- I still say it's tip top. <laughs> Do you know oh. the tip-top? Okie dokie. His head comes up to me. His head, my six-year-old son. He says, oh, daddy. He goes, at school, we'll play this game where uh, if somebody's got the lurgy, you've got to cross your fingers. And if you cross your fingers, they can't give it to you. And I says to him, no, son. The Christians cross their fingers. We put our fingers together. <laughs> 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 swingers. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna be the only one on the playground that goes like this. <laughs> That's what we used to do at school. We were just like this because the Christians cross their fingers, so we do that. And it was like when because in the old days, kids nowadays won't know this, but in the old days you had to do an assembly, and during assembly they'd make you sing Christian hymns, and, and they would yeah. do the Lord's prayer and stuff like that at the end, and everybody would have to put their hands together. So we would <laughs> open our arms up, and whilst they were reading whatever they were reading, we were going, Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Rabbil You don't convert it off your focus. You hear it long, that many times that you don't remember it off my heart. <laughs> our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So I'm coming back to you now. I can see it? you were not reading the Islamic <laughs> version. <laughs> I was singing Islamic version. <laughs> I was thinking so. 
Chill out. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good. Isn't it? I mean, kids come up with some absolutely ridiculous thing, but it takes you back. There was a there was, there was a program that I was watching the other day, the, the the whole Nadia thing, and in it he mentions about. Did you guys ever, when you were kids, get told by your parents that if you ever stand over somebody, they'll stop growing? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the shit that I got told, and they brought it up in there. I'm like, shit, this happened to other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. There was the one where if you touch your neck, you've got to then blow on your fingers, otherwise you'll get like a lump in your throat. Um, the one that I've heard recently is because we've had a we've had a baby niece as well as uh, a baby boy this week. We had a niece; she's uh, over a year old now. Yeah. And they and I'm being constantly told like you don't touch your sister's kids with your feet. <laughs> I'm not. I'm literally like grabbing her attention or you know just giving a cheeky tap there. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, teaser or whatever. No, no, no. You can't do that. You can't touch her with your feet. I'm like. What are you going to do? Explode? Like, what's, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> They're like classical wise tales, aren't they? The classical wise tale. Um, it's brilliant. You I get some it. absolutely abuse, especially during wedding times, you know, when they got to chuck salt over one side and there's all kinds of shit going on. And some of them you don't even know about, they just random people come up and just tell you, right, by the way, make sure you do this as well. And we're like, oh shit. When did that come about? Before you walk here, you have to hop across here. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> like, for the job, yeah. The, the thing is, right, there is no sort of standardisation in our community of these either. Yeah, so that's you, true. you could be a family that lives five minutes away that will have completely different rituals to you. It's, it's, it's balmy. Yeah. It's balmy. What was the other one? Wasn't there one about um, clip your fingernails? Like, you can't clip your fingernails, like, Normally, you've got to put the either clip, clip them in the bin or clip them in the sink or something so nobody can get them and do like a Davies on you or something like that. And I'm just like, why would somebody come to my house, pick up one of my fingernails? <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's like your mum telling you to for you to be clean. Yeah, 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 put your shit away. Yeah. <laughs> the other one is, have you seen, have you heard about the one where you've got to make sure your shoes are like the right way around? You can't have like one on its side. Oh, yeah, the... yeah, yeah. And if it topples over, you've got to go straight down, pick it straight back up. Yeah. Uh, just, again, aesthetics is not because some gin's gonna come and take your shoes, like or whatever it was that we were told when we were kids. Um, There's one time we were in this room, and uh, there's quite a few people, different families are there, and uh, nobody knew which way the the kibla was, so nobody knew which way to to read their their, their prayers. And then, so as you sat down, there was like you know a little bit of furniture, so we're having to sit on the floor. And literally, as I've sat down, I've stretched my legs out. This woman comes running over, slaps my legs and says, oh, you can't point your feet in that direction. That's the garbage. Hang on, mate. Two seconds ago, you didn't know which the direction was. How yeah. you worked it out now all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. A bit oh, crazy. I, got, I, got, I was at a Durban in, in, in Pakistan a few... God, I must have been about 15. And I was leaning against the wall at this Durban. Some guy was like seen the thing, whacked me on whacked me on my legs. Obviously not like hard, he just like tapped my legs. Yeah. Whilst I was sweeping up. Because you're doing you're doing gun to the cupboard. I was like, what? Yeah. Why we on about? Like I'm literally just resting here, like yeah, like I kind of think you got your back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, this is this is, Yeah. All wives tales, isn't it? What can you do? I'm about to say, you, you're sharing zero of these stories, like, as though you've not been through any of them. I'm, I'm not sure that I agree with Cass's last story. Um, but you weren't there, so what's there not to agree with? 
in, in that you were saying you referred to that as an old wives' tale to not do gun to cover of somebody. No, this cover, right? All right, let me give you a bit more context, right? So this cover is like a darbar, right? It's so a grave. It's in like a gazebo. Yeah. Gazebo. Then there's people there, and then outside of that, the walls to the actual entrance. That's what I'm leaning against. I'm not being funny. At any one point, somebody will be doing cover when you walk gun to the cover if you're walking away. Then. Surely, right? Where do you draw that line? Yeah. I was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> right, cool. Let's just use yeah, that. Let's call it. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of The Waiting Podcast. You can follow us on the usual social media platforms that will show up somewhere down below. And we've got Cassie. I'm Sneaks and Beats, or Sneaks underscore N underscore Beats. All right, a question about Sneaks and Beats. Do you sell your sneakers? Nope. Just for your own private collection? Just for my own collection. I've just entered into a raffle for the Travis Scott Fragment Jordan 1s. Unfortunately, I haven't won. So if anybody is listening to this live and would like to enter into an end raffle, which expires tonight, feel free to enter into a UK 12 for me and you will be greatly appreciated. And of course, the money will be transferred with zero interest because we're Muslims. What about a finder's fee though? Yeah, man, you'll get a bunch out of it. Of course you will. <laughs> Is it begin with I and N and S? Not ISIS again. <laughs> that's, one way, that's one way to get this stream taken down. Um, my, my Instagram's called that marathon man um so yeah feel free to follow me on there you'll probably get running related posts that's about it but, um, yeah. have you uh, since the london marathon have you run any other marathons uh i've done the yorkshire marathon in york yeah nice 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 do you plan on doing any more um i'm starting to get the itch again my achilles tendons improved massively um so yeah i'm, I'm just slowly but surely kind of building it up again in terms of running um, but yeah, no, I, I do intend to do one more because I, I still want to try and get my time down more if I can. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, for me, I'm just because I'm changing. I, I don't know whether to continue because our podcast is taking over the stream basically. So the the waiting games, I'm changing it over to the Yorkshire Gambit. Uh, do you ever remember Gambit from the X Men? That's what I was thinking you were so, referring to. So none of the youth know who Gambit is. Everybody I've asked that is you know, of the younger generation, they're like, who's Gambit? Obviously, he's not appeared in any of the films, so they haven't got a Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And I weren't sure whether or not to do like a Gambit Ace of Spades, because it rhymes with my name. But instead of using an Ace sign, or use the Ace in the middle, but instead of the top corner ones, put the Yorkshire, the Yorkshire Rose on. That sounds like it could look pretty good, man. To be the Yorkshire Gambit. Wasn't Gambit's cards on fire or something? Yeah, he could use kinetic energy to throw them. Yeah. And plus he yeah. was the... He was, he was a really cool character. Why was he not in it? any of the movies? No idea. I mean, he was a pretty pants character. Get out of it. And if they ever use him in the future, I want him to be portrayed by a black actor. Hey? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Why not a brown actor who's currently sitting in Rotherham with a hat upside down? Yeah. Oh, if they're going to give me the role, I want to be Wolverine. <laughs> As you can see, I'm stacked like Wolverine. I thought, I thought Gambit was cool, though, Mush. 
Gambit is cool, mate. The bees, bees. Gambit was Gambit was very cool. Gambit Gambit was probably the top in the top three. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, do you remember when our only pe- person of color character was Storm? Yeah. And maybe Beast because he was blue. <laughs> <laughs> He's a kind of colour. Have you seen that he man's coming back on Netflix? Is he? Yeah. What, as a cartoon or a film? Animated. And is he... So there'll be a review of that once I've clocked it. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so I'm sure it was on. I'm sure it was out the other day, but I'm re-watching Suits at the moment. Along with Love Island. And who's our representative on Suits? Just, just asking before we leave and we say goodnight. Jessica Pearson. Get out of here. I'm on about someone proper. Meghan Markle, me old China. Yeah, but she got booted though, didn't she? No, she left to marry Prince. Yeah, and destroyed the royal family. All right, we'll discuss that <laughs> on next week's episode. All right, guys. Take right, care, boys. Yeah. Hopefully next time we'll be in person together, inshallah. Speak yeah, soon, guys. Good afternoon.